Episode 91 for January 2010. The Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com. They have today's comics at yesterday's prices. And they have discounts that start at 38% and go up to 75% off the cover price of comics and new trade paperbacks. The Spider Spotlight this month is Amazing Spider-Man number 623. The cover price is $2.99, and mail order has it for $1.49. So check them out at mailordercomics.com. Well, gang, before we start the show, I want to give you a little show note. We recorded this show on Sunday, January 9th, and the very next day, it was announced that Sony would be rebooting the Spider-Man movies. So at this point, when we record the episode, it looked like John Malkovich was going to sign up for the fourth Spider-Man movie, along with Sam Raimi and Tobey Maguire, which we now know is not going to happen. So have that in mind when you listen to the show and the movie discussion part. But we'll definitely discuss this latest bit of movie news in our February show. So without further ado, let's get on with the January podcast. Welcome back, Webheads, to our first podcast of 2010. We're starting the new year with the full panel this month. We have the frozen adjectiveless JR from SpideyKicksButt.com. JR, are you snowed in watching Star Trek DVDs? Well, uh, actually, uh, actually, uh, the uh, northeastern northeastern Ohio snowplows have uh, done a pretty good job. Good. So uh, I'm not completely snowed in. Did so, you get Star, uh, Tre- Star Trek, uh, the new movie on DVD for Christmas? Oh, well, not for Christmas. I got it earlier than okay. that, but uh, I did get it. <laughs> awesome. So. And we have the frostbitten writer of the Spider-Man Crawl Space webcomic, Kevin Cushing. Kev, how's Kentucky? Are you frozen, too? Uh, yeah, yeah. We're uh, almost frozen solid here right now. <laughs> well, uh, don't go out naked. Uh, and we also have... <laughs> but Brad! <laughs> it's little little tips I'll give throughout the show. Don't go out naked in the snow. <laughs> Uh, and we have uh, the fellow podcaster of the show Batgirl to Oracle, the Barbara Gordon show. That's a DC show for all those Marvel listeners of this one. We have Stella. How's the snowboarding queen today? It's going really well, and I have a knock-knock joke oh, for you. Knock-knock. there? I will cut you. <laughs> I will cut you who? That's That was a joke. <laughs> wow. Very nice. I, Is that Bubba Moose? <laughs> yeah. I will cut yeah. you. Ah, uh, and we have the frozen clone himself, Zach from SpideyDude.com. Have you frozen your DNA? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm cryogenically frozen. I just need yeah. thought for this podcast. Have, have... Is that what you're calling what you did to your ticket? <laughs> <laughs> and there yeah. goes the G-rated show. Uh, and we have the super chilly Michael Bailey from the Views from the Longbox podcast. I've never asked another man this, but how's your wee? <laughs> My wee is very good, uh, and if it was outside, it would be frozen, because even though it snowed two days ago, it's still cold enough that it's uh, what little we got is still on the ground. Nice so segue fun. with little we got. He got a uh, wee for Christmas, been messing with the Lego Batman, you told me. Oh, yes. 
But that's coming up in recommendations. Oh, okay. So. Gotcha. Well, we're uh, starting 2010. We're going to do reviews a little bit later, but we have some breaking news. Uh, looks like John Malkovich confirmed in an interview with uh, some Italian uh, sports show of all people. What, what would an Italian sports show be interviewing John Malkovich for? I don't know. It's called uh, Quilly Chiil Calso. Yeah, that just flows off the tongue. Anyway, you just you just completely butchered <laughs> well, here, that. Here, you, you, you're the uh, French expert. Go ahead. How do you? Oh how do you yeah, I thought the. Now that would be Kevin. Kevin's the French an expert. expert. I'm not. He, no, no, actually, I failed French freshman year of high school. I just remember wow. how to count to six. Okay. Anyway, this is French, <laughs> Italian, French, no, Italian sports show, good Lord, uh, interviewed uh, Malkovich, and it said that uh, he has been approached to play the Vulture in Spider-Man 4, and that uh, he's waiting for the final script to be sent to him, and that the movie has been delayed. So, wait a second, yeah. wait a second. I'm sorry, I'm going to cut in on you right there, because didn't he turn down the Green Goblin? Yep. He did. In the first mm-hmm. movie? JR? Because he did, it was didn't beneath he? him? Yes, he okay, did. Okay, well, the roles must be drying up for Mr. Malkovich then. Well, here's the thing, Bailey. When he turned down the Green Goblin in the first movie, he had not seen how much money one of these movies would make yet. <laughs> <laughs> I just always thought it was funny, you know, a guy that did the movie Con Air is like, that's beneath me. I mean, <laughs> yeah. All right. So, what do you guys think of um, Mr. Malkovich being up for the Vulture? Let's go with the old man on the show, Jr. <laughs> oh, the old man with wings, Jr. What do you think? You're an expert with old men and wings. <laughs> well, I, you know, I uh, never really thought of Malkovich as the Vulture, but then looking at that uh, picture of him. Uh, you know, bald and uh, kind of actually kind of bird looking, and uh, that was on on the front page of the crawl space. I said, "Oh, that's a pretty good likeness." Uh, I mean, Malkovich is a good actor, and I'm sure he could do it. Yeah. Uh, my concern really isn't isn't Malkovich as the vulture. My concern is the script yeah. <laughs> because it sounds like sounds like the script is in serious trouble. Yeah, and with the rumors floating around that Anne Hathaway might be the vulturette. That's been kind of bumped, oh, bumped in the last month that we were talking about this rumor. Um, what, what do you think is going on with the script, Jr.? I mean, do you think Raimi is uh, waiting for them to get something better than the Vulturette? I don't know if it's just the Vulturette. I mean, it's it's you, you know half the things are more that that come out of these gossip magazines. Mm-hmm. You don't know whether to believe or not. Yeah. But uh, I mean, I think the, that all you have to do is look at through how many hands the script has been through. Uh, you know, I think this is, uh, you know, they've gone through, it's gone through at least three hands, and now they've given it back to Alvin Sargent, who was the guy who doctored the uh, the first three to try to make it work. Yeah. Uh, my guess is it, it, there might be, there might be some, you know, I imagine, I imagine there probably is some truth to the fact that it's, uh, Sony and, and Raimi are wrangling over villains, uh, but then again, it's like they, the, you know, it's like if not the Vulture, then who? I mean, who's going to? Uh, uh, who, who, who would the studio want? The studio, they haven't said who the studio wants. Yeah. Uh, and so my guess is that there's probably, you know, it, it might as well be the vulture as opposed to anybody else since they've already used the, the big three. Um, but I, I think that, that the, I think the real problem is they have no story. Yeah. I mean, they've told, they've told about, I mean, I, I, you know, they've told some pretty major stories. You know, one, he gets his powers. The next one, he turns his back on his powers. The third one, he's corrupted by his powers. Yeah. Uh, where do you go with the fourth one? Plus the fact that McGuire is, is aging. Uh, most of us are pretty sick of Kirsten Dunst. <laughs> uh, you know, I, um, I, I, I just, I mean, it would break my heart if they don't make this film. Mm. 
but but I think it, what it goes down to it is they have no story. Would you rather they reboot the franchise? Uh, I don't know if I would say I would rather they reboot the franchise yeah. because I, I. But I wouldn't be disappointed if they did. Yeah. Go, go so. ahead, Michael. Uh, I think in this one he should gather up all of the nuclear weapons on the planet <laughs> and throw it into the sun. <laughs> And have Gene Hackman come back and get yes, exactly. Solar Man in there or something. Get to, doesn't Mar- does, who uh, gets solar powers in Spider Man's universe? Is that uh, Will Fire Lord? Yeah, that's true. We could get Willow. Does Willow Wisp get some sun? No. There's there's no. Light Master. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Bailey, what? See, this is what I think Raimi needs to do yeah. is just give the studio a list of alternate villains instead of the Vulture, like Will of the Wisp and Lightmaster and all these people, and they'll be begging for the Vulture. Please give us the Vulture. Yeah, what do you think? What do you think of uh, Malkovich's The uh, Vulture? Well, I tell you, I always thought Ben Kingsley was born to play the Vulture. I mean, you look at that guy, and he is <laughs> I, I give um, you... <laughs> But uh, John Malkovich, you know, especially if you look at our front page, that story on there, uh, that picture of him looking so freaking skinny and with his head shaved, I mean, he he certainly looks like he could pull it off, and John Malkovich has always been a good actor, so I certainly wouldn't oppose it. Yeah. Uh, let's see, who haven't we got? Zach, what do you think? Malkovich, Vulture, good casting or bad? Uh, Vulture. Uh, good casting, but I hate the Vulture, so it's uh, I'm still waiting for my Electro to come in. I think, I, I don't think... Uh, the Vulture can carry a film. We've got to have at least two villains. I think Black Cat would work perfectly, but I'd rather have Electro. I think the lightning on the screen would be better. What do you think, Zach? Yeah. I think I think special effects-wise, uh, Electro is a, a much more... Uh, particularly with Avatar, can you imagine if they shot this in 3D and you have Electro, Electro's bulls shooting at you? That'd be that'd be a great experience, I think, for the, for the movie. Guarantee though. they'll do the Spider-Man shooting a web right at the screen in 3D. That would be freaking sweet, wouldn't it? Yeah. All right, yeah, Stella, we're... ladies last, I guess. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> what do you think? Oh, well, yeah, I'm just really excited to see uh, Lenny Small from Of Mice and Men uh, get cast as Vulture. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> I, like Kevin, was actually really looking forward to potentially Ben Kingsley. I thought that really looking at him and, like, even the nose sort of has that uh, that crookedness to it that I, I thought. But, um yeah, I guess I'm just concerned about the writing, and I think that if it's taking the script so long that they're having issues, and this is bad to begin with if they're having problems with this. So I think they're running out of stories, and like J.R. said, I think they should stop, stop while they're ahead right now. But no. I don't think that they should reboot it because it's been so recent that I think it'd be a waste to throw everything away and start over again. I, I think they should do something similar to what the Star Trek movies did. Mm-hmm. What's that? You know, in the first one you had the big intellectual film that sets up the new uh, the new new enterprise and then in Star Trek 2 and 3 you have the death of Spock and the rebirth of Spock spoiler warning and in the fourth <laughs> one you had you had kind of a kind of an offbeat goofy movie that was for you know largely played for laughs I mean you know, like Spock you know taking out that guy on the bus yeah. so really the best thing they could do is just a straight up action film while, you know, getting a bunch of C-list Spider-Man villains as enforcers for the mob and do that mob story we keep talking about. So go, go now, the problem for the, is that straight for the they, they, want, they want a big film. I mean, when you were talking about the Star Trek films, the Star Trek films, except for that bloated first one, 
and and obviously the eleventh one. The Star Trek films, for the most part, were small, relatively inexpensive films. They weren't really expected to be blockbusters. I mean, Sony, Sony, and, and everybody else are are trying to roll you know roll box cars here every time they do a Spider-Man movie. And what we think might just be a good action-packed flick. Uh, I mean, one, it, the thing is probably still going to cost 200 or more million dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, they're, they're looking for a blockbuster each time out. And I, I, you know, so I think that's why they're, I think that's one reason why they're having trouble coming up with a story because they're, they, they can't think of one that's, that's worthy of it. Yeah. So. Well, I know I'm not alone in this because Zach is on the podcast, but I think the next story, especially following that little pattern that JR was talking about, is obvious. I mean, they've done, he gets his powers, then he turns his back on his powers, but rather selfishly, and then his powers corrupt him. So the fourth one, to me, why not make it, he questions whether he should keep his powers when his clone shows up. How about, how about, he, accept, exactly. how about he accepts his powers? Well, then he accepts his powers if, if that can't really be the whole movie, and then what do you do with the next movie? Uh, who knows? How about no dancing? <laughs> Nude dancing? <laughs> No dancing. Well, no, dancing. no opening it with a musical number. <laughs> well, I think they're going to reboot beginning in number five at least anyway, because yeah. didn't they already commission somebody else to go ahead and start working on five and six? Yeah, I think that. So I think they're definitely already planning for the post Raimi, post McGuire era. Yeah. So, I mean, Sony's going to make these movies regardless of what happens because, uh, I mean, they, they don't want the rights going back to Marvel. So they're going to make these movies. We just it just may be an entirely different cast and crew doing them. So well, I think that's the best thing. That's the best route to go because I'm sorry, Kirsten Dunst. We're all t- like 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 Jr. said. We're all tired of her. I'm getting a little tired of of, of Tobey Maguire and his. He doesn't seem excited to play any of these roles. He, he every time they that they interview him, it looks like he's going to a funeral. You know his facial. <laughs> like is this, like he looks like he he looks like he's just I'm doing this because I'm making a lot of money off of it and uh, no no other reason. <laughs> I was kind of tired with him in the first movie, so yeah. I've never been a fan of him in the in the role. And, and like you said, with each successive film, it's it's like he was sleepwalking through that third one. Yeah. I mean, so. if they wanted to do it where Toby played his own age and he's deal, I mean, for, you know, and dealing with the vulture who's an old villain, for example, and they deal with the issues of mortality, mm-hmm. you know, maybe he's, he's starting to get old, he's starting to age or whatever, and, and, you know, the vulture fighting an old man makes him, you know, uh, think about mortality. I, I don't know. But then again, that's, that's, you might as well end the series if you start. Well, if you have that, the vulture so. in it, you gotta do something about age. So mortality would be good. He could talk. The conflict could be Spider-Man thinking about his future and maybe end it with uh, him getting married and having a baby, and then they reboot it with five. How about that? I think that will make everybody happy. Yeah, and then at the end of five, he sells his soul to the devil. <laughs> Spider-Man. Didn't, didn't uh, Casada say Spider-Man 4, colon, one more day? You know, anyway, he, we're, he... we're moving on to another topic similar to this one. We're still talking Spider-Man movie, but uh, it looks like the release date was originally May 11th, 2011, was uh, Spider-Man 4's release date. That's been pushed back to who knows when. They're talking about July, etc., but that came out uh, over uh, the Christmas break. From uh, <clears throat> Deadline.com announced they got an email from some insider at the special effects studio that have been informed that they're not going to be working on Spider-Man 4 in the beginning of the year because there's no script. 
So that'll that'll be different. Should they release Spider Man in the middle of summer? He's usually had the the opening uh what is it, Labor Day? Not not Labor Day, uh Memorial Day weekend for last three first movies. weekend. First weekend July fourth weekend would be great. Yeah, that's that's Will Smith's weekend. <laughs> and any anybody <laughs> ticked about moving the date up? It looks like Thor got his release date. You know, I don't mind it. Yeah. Well, yeah. certainly freeze my weekend up because there's no way I'm paying money to see a Thor flick. Not going to go see Thor. Story I don't think so. oh. It's going to be awesome. Marvel Jr. Come on. I've never liked Thor. No. I've never felt Thor <laughs> in the Marvel universe. I mean, it just it, it seems it's like a. Oh, then again, I mean, we talk about silly characters. I mean, they're all silly characters. But uh, I, I've just I've just never liked Thor. <laughs> Anybody else hate Thor? I mean, damn. I guess not. All right. Anybody, you want to talk about the release dates, or should we move on? I think we covered the movie enough with what we were talking right. about, so unless anybody has something burning to say about it. If anybody's burning, let me know. Uh, <laughs> I got a lot Well, I, I, I think I'm burning in hell, but not no, yet. No yeah, I think it's called Monistat 7. Oh. Wow. <laughs> to Stella, for the win. G-rated brings up Monistat 7. That's awesome. Uh, let's see. Let's talk a bit about our next topic, which is variant covers. Uh, (laughs) it looks like, uh, Amazing Spider-Man number 617 is gonna have, count of one, two, three, four covers. Uh, the first one is a blank white slate with some cracks in a wall. (laughs) The second one has the tip of a horn coming through the wall with the cracks. The third variant is the rhino peeking through. And the fourth one, you actually get all your space on the cover filled up. You have the rhino cracking his knuckles. So, does anybody on the podcast buy variants, every single one of them? I know our buddy over at Sam Ruby, Eric, buys every single Amazing Spider-Man variant. I mean, that's that's very expensive to do. Does anybody do it? Not with the Spider-Man no. Well, I do it only if it's like one. Yeah. Yeah. But not... Do you, you are not going to get me to pay four times for the same damn issue. I am sorry. <laughs> but somebody does it. Somebody goes out there and buys it. And well, the, it, re- it's the, an the retailers, uh, they get an incentive to buy it. They get more variants if they order more copies because they think the readers will buy it. And they do because they they continue to make them. Go ahead, Michael. Michael. Well, the theory is is that you know they'll buy more issues of 617 and be able to make that up by marking up the variant cover. But I, I've, I've talked to several different retailers who are pretty much sick to death of them. Yeah. And 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 basically using that as as a way for for to get the retailer to buy more copies of a book. I mean, you know. And in some cases, it was really sneaky, like the Obama variant. Mm-hmm. You know, I will admit there was a time, I haven't done it lately, but there was a time when I bought every Superman variant there was. But again, like Zach said, there was only like two. Yeah. So it's, it, you know, it's, it's, it's not a big deal. But when you're having four variants, I mean, that's, that's, that, that's, that's asinine is what it is. It makes absolutely no sense. It doesn't serve the story at all. It gets you thinking about, the collectability and the secondary market and all that, I mean, shouldn't they be focusing on just telling good stories and having one good cover to get you to buy that book? Yeah, but they sell. 
And if I make something and you sell it and you buy it, I'm thinking of Steve Wacker and he's the client. Uh, no, um, I'm just saying they wouldn't do it if we didn't buy it. And why do people do it? What fools these mortals? <laughs> Stella, why do, why do people do it? Why do they buy them? Um, I mean, if they're Spidey obsessed, yeah. then they're going to say, I need to get everything that comes out that's Spidey no matter what. And, I mean, there are people out there that do that. Um, for the reason that they have four variant covers, three of which are practically the same thing, I have no idea. I could see if the three of them were very different and they all had different artists on them to sort of maybe work in different artists that are going to come onto the book, but or even have a whole graphic cover that actually shows the rhino bursting through the wall, but I really can't um, explain this. And I, I will admit that I have bought variants in the past. I bought all of them for issue four, 600 because they actually – Looked cool. This one, if I get in my box the very first variant of just a wall cracking, how ticked am I going to be? Because I just ordered one copy. Uh, Kev, what do you think? Variants, they suck, don't they? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It depends on the variant. I generally only buy... I typically only buy one cover of any comic. Uh, If if I really like the variant better, I'll only buy the variant, not the regular cover. But... um, you know, some people some people just want to collect. You know, they have the collector mentality, and so they'll buy everything. And those people, those very people that are probably complaining about this, are the whole reason that Marvel would print something like this, because somebody's going to buy it. Well, I, but um, I mean, the the it has to be cool to buy an extra copy. Like I will admit that I bought the the Nixon homage cover that was playing off of Obama. I thought that was really fun, kind of funny with Spider Man in the uh, bell bottoms. But who wants? I'm not saying I've never bought two covers of the same comic before. I have a couple of a couple of variants for the Captain America series. So I was able to get both covers to number 25, and I was able to get both covers to uh, the first number 34, the first Bucky's Captain America, and then number 600. But that's just because it's it feels like it's kind of a short series. It's kind of special, and I was able to get those. Yeah. So that's one thing. But Spider-Man, my God, I mean, it's been running forever. Yeah. Variant covers out the ass, and now we've got four for this one issue. I don't get it. Well, it it helps them pad their numbers, too. I mean... Yeah, absolutely. Oh, definitely. And the shops like it because, I I don't know about your shops, but I think a lot of them do this. Um, Here in town in Louisville, I'll go into my comic shop, and the first day they're out, they have a rack uh, sealed in bags and boards of variants that are all marked way up. You know, you can't just go into the shop, unless it's a 50-50 variant. You cannot go in there and just buy it for cover price. It's going to be like $12, $15, depending on what the ratio is on that And it's one. really got to be attractive, not a cracking wall. <laughs> yeah. Although I kind of see what they were trying to do with this. It's sort of the, they're trying to make the rhino's entrance big, you know, and it's sort of that bum-bum-bum effect. But I, I, I can see why they did it. It's not something I would buy, no, but... Yeah. Whatever. JR, what do you? It's not, I don't have to buy it, so I'm not pissed about yeah, it. True. Yeah, we are. I think that's important to mention too. Is that it's it's not required. Everyone that does it does it because they want to, not because there's a different like backup story in each and every yeah. one. JR, what do you think of these variants? They're, they. I ignore. I ignore them. Um, I buy whatever is two ninety nine. <laughs> uh, usually, 
more often than not, I see the variants marked up in the comic store, therefore I refuse to buy them. Uh, so it makes my, my decision easy for me. Although I will confess that back in the 90s, for some strange reason, I fell victim to the hollow disc and the, the 3D covers or, or whatever. I always bought those, but, uh, but no more. Yeah. But what, yeah, I think it was, it was definitely some in the 90s. I'm wanting to say it was New Warriors, but I'm not sure. I remember hearing about they had, an issue that had not variant covers, well, maybe variant covers too, but it had variant pages. Team Titans. Mm. Is that what it was? Yeah. Team that Titans, would piss one. me straight off. <laughs> How are you going to put different pages in different copies of the issues? And which ones count? All of them? Refresh me. I think Zach was around for this. Uh, didn't Slingers, remember that short-lived Spider-Man series, have different content in, a, in the back? That's what it was. Slingers, That's what yeah. It was. Variant pages. Zach, I think that's something you'd like. Slingers, did you read that? Evidently, he went to sleep. Uh, I guess. <laughs> Zach, did you put your microphone on mute? And he's just gone. Jared, hey, wow. did you read Slingers back in the day? Never touched, Never touched it. it. All right. Anyway, that that I can see uh, them doing and making a profit, and that forcing people. This I agree with what Bailey said. You're not forced to buy it. However, if the last copy on the shelf is the cracking 617 Amazing cover, I'd be ticked. Because it's essentially blank. Maybe it's me. All right, uh, let's move on to Spider-Man Christmas loot. We do this every January. We talk about what we got under the tree Spider-Man related. Let's go, Stella. Did you get any spider loot or comic book related loot? Um, I got some comic book related loot. Um yeah. Hallmark came out, I think, with like four different. I, I think I went through it on the the homepage, four different uh, ornaments, and I pretty much told my mother which one I wanted. So I got the Batman one mm-hmm. and the Captain America one. So those are my two uh, things. So I'm I'm gradually building up a very large collection of uh, Hallmark ornaments nice. of superheroes. Yeah. I still have to get the uh, the Amazing Fantasy 15 Spider-Man one. I didn't get that for Christmas. I wanted that one. <laughs> Um, Bailey, what'd you get? Comic book related loot or Spider-Man specific? Well, everything I got was, uh, was comic book related, which was, was really nice. Spider-Man specific. My wife bought me a bunch of sleep shorts. Oh, okay. With a comic book, uh, uh, like a Batman one, a Superman one, a really nice DC one, but she got me two Marvel ones. One has just basically heads of all the different Marvel male characters. Nice. Which made me kind of uncomfortable to have them that close. <laughs> it's, a no, it's a Marvel team yeah. up on your Anyways. pants, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Marvel two on one. Oh, so, wow, wow. But, uh, Do you have variant? But, uh, no, but one of the heads is Spider-Man. And she bought me this other one, and, and Kevin will probably, uh, this is probably the only time you'll ever hear me saying Kevin will be interested in the sleep shorts I wear. But, um they have all of the Marvel heroes on the front and the villains on the back. They have Spider-Man, of course, mm-hmm. and Venom's on the back, but Blade's on it. Yeah, Blade shorts, wow. No, so, I'm afraid I'm not too interested in the Blade on your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a night. Oh, it's in the front, sir. Uh, Sounds like <laughs> an I'm sure it is. evening uh, Zach spent in prison. Uh, but uh, she also, because my wife loves me, yeah. she also picked up a DVDs, so finally I'm going to get to see uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine. Oh, cool. And she, I finally got Dark Knight. I finally got the Batman Gotham Knight animated film. Cool. 
Uh, but uh, I know I know you don't like too much uh, crossing of the streams into DC, but you also got me the Rupee Spears Superman. Oh, I'm series. glad you got that. You really wanted that. that. Yes, yeah. it was beautiful. Yeah, and I'll and I'll go into Batman Lego later. Okay, <laughs> Kev, what'd you get, comic or uh, Spidey related for Christmas? Uh, not a whole lot. Um, I did get Smallville season eight on Blu-ray, so that's that's comic book related. Mm-hmm. Um. Lost season five on Blu-ray is not really comic book related, but it's geek related. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's about it. Really cool. Uh, okay, I, I, I act- type stuff myself because I don't really trust my family to know <laughs> what I'm talking about. Yeah. Well, go ahead, Zach. What were you saying? Uh, because my freaking mic is like, oh, hey, let's decide to mute at random times. Um, <laughs> so you got a new microphone, all right? <laughs> no, I didn't, get, I, I didn't get a new mic. No, I. Uh, I got Spider-Man Web of Shadows, which was your recommendation you made about a oh, year yeah, ago. Oh, yeah, dude. Probably. What do you think? Uh, you know, I, I rented it, and I beat it when I rented it. What about the and, game? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Did you beat oh it when you rented gosh. it? Oh, my gosh. Really? <laughs> really, bro? I'm sorry. What would you think of the game? <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I'm about halfway through it again. Yeah. Uh, I've enjoyed it. I mean, the game, the gameplay, I have no problem with. The freaking actor that plays Spider-Man, I want to punch in the throat. Oh, that is the the common complaint, and I would agree with it. However, Mary Jane, oh god. How about? Ooh. However, I love the fights in the sky with the Vulture, and if they do the Vulture movie in four, it's got to be like that—just a big, big yeah. fight in the sky. I think that's awesome. Anything else comic book related? Speaking of which, that's where I'm at right now. Um, the uh, only other things I got really comic book related, I, I don't normally get comic book related stuff from my folks mm-hmm. or from anybody for that matter. Uh, I got a, uh, I got the Amazing Fantasy 15, um, the ornament, you know, the one where he's jumping out at oh, you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got that. Um, I also got for uh, Bailey. I got last year's Superman ornament. Oh. it was like that. Sweet. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I got the Captain America ornament. And the, uh, I pretty much got all of them, but the Wolverine, and I think there was one other one that I didn't get. I don't remember off the top of my head. The Flash one. Ah, the one. Cool. But uh, I got all the rest awesome. of them. JR, what you get for Christmas related? I know your, your son probably got some stuff, too. Yeah, uh, actually, I myself didn't get anything uh, fun or interesting. I uh, we were, we're we're kind of minding our budget here, so my orders to the family was to get me gifts of a more practical nature, which they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we did uh, we. But for my son, we got him uh, superhero squad for the Wii. Oh, how's that? And, Is that fun? Uh, well, I, let me ask the expert. <laughs> Spencer was uh, superhero squad fun. I can barely hear him. Uh, oh, okay. Well, basically, no. He says it wasn't very fun Aww. because he feels the box was misleading because uh, it prominently displays Spider-Man, and yet Spider-Man's not oh. in it, or at least wasn't in it to where he could he could play him. So that sucks. Uh, and and then he also got Marvel Alliance, Marvel, yeah, Ultimate Alliance too. Okay, do you like that one? Okay, he says yeah, but he says it unenthusiastically. So uh, that's what sounds like sounds like he's going to be complaining to Santa about what he got this year. That's so, kind of like uh, the review Stella and I gave for the game. Spencer and Stella yeah, he, and I agree. I, you know what? I still have not played it due to your review. Yeah. By the way, for the pretty week, pretty week. And you know, if I beat the game in like two weeks, Spencer, who <laughs> plays the game, what he played that Wii Spider-Man game in like a day. I remember you saying that, Jr. 
Ah, uh, let me see. I know that he played like friends and friends and friends foes. And foes he yeah, within, yeah, he beat that with about six hours. Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, That's not uh, money to play ratio very well. Very good. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think so at all. Not for an experienced uh, an experienced gamer would absolutely despise it. Yeah. Uh, and, and it wasn't. I mean, I sat and watched him play it, and it wasn't a very interesting story. Yeah. I mean, sure. You know, I mean, it's uh, more as Spider Man. Now, Web of Shadows, he really yeah, liked, that one's good. and uh, Spider Man Three, he really oh, liked. Cool. So. Uh, Spider-Man related stuff for me. I only got really one Spider-Man related thing, and it wasn't for me. It was uh, for Baby Douglas. It was a wow. Spider-Man uh, little soft uh, blanket for the crib. My mom got me that. <laughs> but years ago, mm. when I first got married, uh, she, my mom bought me uh, little Spider-Man slippers that were for a toddler, which have these little Spider-Man heads on them. So I can actually use them this year. <laughs> so that is Spider-Man related, and my wife also got me Mountain Dew lip balm. <laughs> that's yeah, only that's you not, in the Mountain. You Dew. and that freaking that, Mountain uh, Dew. <laughs> she hates to taste the Mountain Dew, yet she wants me to put it on my lips. What do you think that's saying? <laughs> now, see how how come your doc? Well, never. No, I guess you're just not old enough. Maya, how would you? How does your doctor let you do that? Because of all the sugar in it. I mean, no, uh, I do diet Mountain Dew. I'm a wimp. <laughs> And it doesn't make uh, your sperm go bad. Anyway, uh, oh, moving on. <laughs> That's it, the pregnant uh, wife. Uh, Brad, no. that, that was a topical thing, not an ingestible. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Okay. What, okay, I completely... Wait, what? Topical thing. Go ahead. You have to That's it. terrible. You have to explain it. No, there please was don't a, explain there was, it. There was a rumor okay. for a long time that Mountain Dew, and even before that... Uh, that uh, Coke uh, could be used as a topical type of, uh, well, let's just say spidey side. Okay. I'm still not following. Okay, it was a spermicide, okay? <laughs> spermicide. <laughs> I'm just saying it, but apparently it went over everyone's head. It did. It was Coke I did. and Mountain Dew because of the yellow five and Mountain oh, Dew. Oh, wow. Boy, this so, just went off in a weird top. This just went off in okay. a weird direction. <laughs> okay, okay, Bailey. When you said Spidey side, I was thinking of Spider side from the Clone Saga. Yeah, I did so, too. I did too. I'm like, I'm sorry. That's why it went over okay. our heads. I actually got it. I just didn't want it. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with Kevin. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, let's tackle the reviews. I think all the Spider news of the month is up to date. Uh, we're tackling three this month, 614 of Amazing, 615, and 616. The first one has a very bloodied Spider-Man on top of a, what, is that a uh, directional sign? Is that what the cover's, he's... I think it's a danger high voltage sign. Oh, gotcha. Very good. Uh, writer Mark Wade, penciler Paul Azaketa, and uh, the title is Power to the People Part 3. And basically, that wraps up the Electro Spider-Man fight that's been going on for the last couple issues of the beginning of the gauntlet. JR, your two cents, sir. What do you think? It was okay for what it was. Uh, I give it a B minus. Wasn't bad. Wasn't great. Uh, I didn't like the art at all. I don't know why uh, Betty and Peter look Hispanic there <laughs> at the end as they're uh, <laughs> they're looking at you know ru- the ruins of the Daily Bugle. Um, you know, I, uh, I'm grateful though that the, uh, speaking of Hispanics, I'm grateful that, uh, our most loathed Hispanic, uh, Michelle Gonzalez didn't show up in this yeah. one. Uh, I don't, ex- I didn't shed any tears over the Bugle's demise because like, you know, any other character, it'll rise again. 
um, it was, uh, I mean, you know, and, and I and uh, and apparently Dexter Bennett is is probably going to be gone from the titles now, so we can probably start watching the uh, watching the march of the uh, all these brand new supporting characters that we were promised uh, back when One More Day began. We can probably watch those start to to wither away. So it was an unex- it was an extraordinary issue, been, uh, but it was okay. I gave it a B. I've been waiting all month to ask you this, Jr. How many oh. times has the bugle been destroyed? Because I know it happened at the end of the burn run, right? When the amazing got canceled and rebooted, didn't it? Well, yeah, just before, just before the well, actually, burn was drawing it at that yeah. time, but it was before they rebooted it. Yeah, they they pretty well destroyed it. When, then. Did, when else uh, did they destroy it? I don't know that they've that necessarily destroyed the building before. The offices have been totaled on more than one occasion. Yeah. I mean, Venom is always, you know, Venom always seems to want to come in and tear things apart. And I think Sandman went and tore things apart right after the reboot. Um, so the, uh, uh, the Daily Bugle was also the offices were also torched when during Spider-Man seventy-five. Mm. Peter Parker's Spider-Man. 75. I remember that. But taken down to the ground, I, I can just remember the burn thing happening. Uh, does anything else burn to the ground? Because uh, it seems like it's happened before, Jr. Well, not quite in this way. Yeah. I mean, this is not quite in this way. I mean, I think that, uh, uh, but, I mean, it's just a building. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Jonah's, you know, Jonah's uh, the 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 pithy scene at six fifteen with Jonah and Robbie, notwithstanding. I mean. You know, characters don't die. I mean, we know the Daily Bugle will, will rise from the ashes. Yeah. Assuming, of course, I could be wrong. Assuming, of course, there is a newspaper industry in this country in the next within the next five years. Yeah. Maybe it won't. True. So, all right, B out of Jr. Zach, what do you give this issue? I give it a B. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't great, and and that's that's the thing is it wasn't a great issue. I think the art for me throughout this whole arc was. It was certainly better than that. Excuse my French. Piece of shit, six eleven. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of artwork, but it wasn't much better. I, I I'm not a big. I wasn't a big fan of it. Uh, the um, the biggest problem I had was was you know I don't like Electro's redesign. I think that's that's terrible. This little tattooed face. It just doesn't look good. So, uh, okay, we, we've seen this before with Daily Bugle, and it, as if they didn't need any more parallels between the the, the old reboot and the new reboot, we decided, okay, we're going to destroy the we're going to destroy the Daily Bugle. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that gives it a B for okay. me. Uh, Bailey, what do you think? I was overall happy with the storyline. It felt very old school to me. Uh, I, you know, I I enjoyed all three issues. Uh, like Jr., I was very happy that Michelle was nowhere to be seen in this, <laughs> which again, ex- outside of Dexter Bennett, you know, made me think, wow, this is kind of like the Spider-Man I'd, I'd, I'd prefer to be reading. I, I think the Bugle thing is indicative of the era we are in as far as storytelling goes, because you know it, it's not about the art anymore. It's not about the plot. It's it's not even about characterization. It's about specific character beats, and it seems like this entire story was leading up to the look on Jonah's face, so that all the characters could feel what they're feeling. And I understand that you need that. I understand that you need specific character beats and moments throughout the story, but that just seems to be what everything is about these days as far as comic book writing is concerned. 
But other than that, I, I, I actually kind of liked the art. I liked the story, and I'd give it a solid B. You, were, you and I were talking a couple days ago uh, that who, you were listening to the Mark Wade podcast, and, and mm-hmm. you said that who's in charge of making sure that oh. stuff doesn't get repeated, etc. Steve Wacker okay. was on Mark Wade's fifteen minute with Mark uh, fifteen minutes with Mark Wade, and he's he's of course the main subject was Spider Man yeah. and. He goes that, uh, you know, with Dan Slott and Tom Brevoort in the room, they're sure that they are not going to be repeating anything that has happened previously. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, hey, has this happened before? And if that's the case, somebody needs to, like, have a write-up or something go into their file, their mm-hmm. employee file to HR, because, <laughs> wow, they've been repeating crap all over the place. Well, that was, that was my – well, I'll, I'll hit it again. I'll hit it when I do my review. But this that was my main complaint that I've seen this before. But, uh, Kev, what do you think of this issue? Uh, I would give it a C. Yeah. Um, it, I'd call this a very average issue. I mean, it didn't, it wasn't bad, but I just didn't feel drawn in or uh, emotionally invested in anything that was going on, even when we're destroying the bugle. And I guess personally, I'm kind of interested to see where they go with the whole the bugle has been destroyed and we don't have money to rebuild it because I remember writing that myself a few months ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be interested to see if the crawl space story and the Amazing Spider-Man story have anything to do with each yeah. other. But, uh, so I can't—I certainly can't knock uh, blowing up the vehicle because I've done it before. There you go. <laughs> but, uh, what's your uh, any negatives of the issue? Nothing real Pro. specific. Like yeah. I say, it just—it just didn't—it it didn't draw me in at all, and um, I, I didn't find it a terribly enjoyable reading experience. But it also wasn't bad, so that's why I get, it's an average to see. Stella, what's your grade? Um, I actually gave it a B plus, yep. so I guess I'm highest than everyone. Uh, I thought that the issue wrapped up the Electro arc and was probably the highest point of the three issues. Uh, my favorite panel, I guess it's really an entire page, is where Jonah's uh, standing there, watching the, the Daily Bugle fall, and the background is just completely black. I just thought that was sort of a wonderful, yeah. really subtle way uh, to sort of show how distraught he is. Um, my negative uh, is kind of going back to what JR was saying, is that some of the characters just looked bad. I thought that Peter... I, his general like art style was he didn't really look like Peter he was just like really unattractive so uh, but I, I thought it was the best out of the three um, electro issues so I'd give it a B plus uh, I'll give it a B minus uh, I, I like I was kind of hinting at earlier the the main problem I have with this is that I've seen it before and I know like Jr often says that him and I are the old school Spider-Man uh, readers that they, they aren't writing for us but if I'm paying two ninety nine <laughs> I want not to see what I've already seen before because I've seen Electro powered up to new heights and what 420-ish JR is it Steve Scross was on That's it correct. Steve Scross was on the book with Tom DeFalco yeah, 420 to 425 yeah he we already had that storyline we've also destroyed the bugle before and it just seems like we're re- repeating storylines I mean I, I destroying the bugle is a great visual but somebody's done it before but I'm, I'm in, I will admit that I'm interested in seeing whether they're going with it in the era of the newspaper dying. I could see the um, the Bugle becoming more of an online presence. Spider-Man could be taking digital pictures for the Daily Bugle website, etc., more like he is in the Ultimate Spider-Man comic. So be out of me. All right, moving on to 615. We're tackling the Sandman. 
and he's on the Governor's Island. Is that what it's called? I haven't been to New York, but isn't that where he's the Sandman's hanging out? Fred Van Linty is the writer, penciler Javier Pulido, and story title is Chemia's Castle. So let's do ladies first. 6.15, what do you think, Stella? First, okay. I'm sorry, six, um, is it 6.15, that's right. 6.15, yeah. yeah. Uh, I thought this was an average issue. Um, I was glad to see that Carly is back. Hopefully she remains a decent character. Uh, but, you know, with all the panel time... Uh, it seems that she's going to get from that puzzle, that puzzle teaser. Um, so let's hope she does not go the way of Michelle Gonzalez. Um, <laughs> negative. First of all, I don't know what to think about Glory and Betty being roomies. I thought that it was sort of random. I don't think I missed anything, but all of a sudden we have Glory sleeping in the same apartment, so I wasn't sure what that was about. Um, and then, of course, giving Marco a potential daughter seems forced. And, well, you know, I said this last time, but more and more we are seeing sort of sympathetic villains. And now it seems like more and more the comics are mimicking the movies. So, But I, I feel like they've started that before. So yeah. I, I'm not sure what to think. But I think I would give this a B-. minus. It was, you know, an average issue. Mr. Bailey? I, um, I liked it. I, I was a little on the fence about it especially the upgrade that they're giving to Sandman. I, I think compared to the last story arc, this feels very brand new day. Mm-hmm. Uh, this feels very set in that uh, in that world. I think they took a little too much time setting her up, setting Kimia up as a character. Yeah. Uh, my, my biggest complaint of the issue was that it seems like Betty is using the fact that Gloria talks in her sleep to get uh, the inside dope for her blog. <laughs> and I thought these two were friends. Yeah. And that seems like a crappy thing to do because Betty has been presented thus far in this brave new Spider-Man to be, you know, a rather likable, you know, forthright character. And to have her be, you know, like using personal information, glean not from Gloria telling her, but from you know hearing it you know in her sleep seems a li- it seems a little sleazy. Yeah. But uh, I'd, I overall I, I'd honestly give it a B. I really liked the artwork. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked it in the next issue more. But I, I loved the fact that they included that ugly Sandman costume from the seventies. <laughs> the frightful on the last the frightful page. four yeah. one yeah. Yeah, I for some reason I think that thing is hideous, and I keep going. Where is his shirt? You know, the green striped shirt. But man, it was just like, wow, that was really awesome. <laughs> All right, Kevin, what do you think, sir? I think I'd give this one a B. Um, I may have gone in with too high expectations because I've quite enjoyed Fred Van Lent for the most part on this title, but he still does a good job. I think he does better with the characters than a lot of people do, and his J. Jonah Jameson is just still, just like uh, the Chameleon story arc, he is so spot on with that character. I love reading Fred Van Lent's J. Jonah Jameson. Um, Not... The artwork was pretty good, but I swear I flipped to the cover a few times to make sure that it wasn't actually Marcos Martin, uh, and it turned out it wasn't. It was Javier Pulido. Really? It just, it just really felt like he was mimicking Marcos Martin for some reason. Mm-hmm. But hey, it was it was overall a decently entertaining issue. Nothing spectacular, and I'm I'm still questioning the Sandman characterization given the past you know many many times we've seen him. But that's I don't think that's something that I'm supposed to really get too hung up on here yeah. how that he was a, a reformed criminal etc how he's back being a criminal 
Yeah, well, and then it may have been the next issue, but he had a line saying that he was he was going to go straight for her. And I'm thinking, didn't he go straight a long time ago? Yeah, exactly. JR, what do you think? First, JR, I have an Osborne question for you. Because right. Sandman in that last panel of the book has very Norman Osbornish hair. And I know in Chapter 1 they connected Osborne to uh, Sandman. Are they related? Not in official continuity. Okay. No. In burn continuity, they're third cousins or something. Yeah. But uh, I don't think that that has there has been any connection made to them at all. I think it's just, you know, I mean, really what it is is just Steve Ditko, mm-hmm. you know, he he had used that design before, even before he was drawing Spider-Man. There's a, a good website called Ditko Looked Up where you can actually see uh, characters, you know, with that similar hairstyle yeah. and look. So it was just basically Steve Ditko redoing a redoing a design. So, but no, officially there's there's no familial okay. connection. So, what's your take on this issue, sir? Uh, I I thought it was okay. I gave it a B. Uh, I I I actually I I liked it better than the way it started than it ended. But we'll get into that. But I, I liked the fact that we seemed like we had a little mystery. I really thought they weren't going to go the way they where they did with it. Uh, I like I like to see Spider-Man doing detective work. Uh, you know, I always enjoy that. He's not the world's greatest detective, but I do like to see him using his brain. Um, I'm not interested in Carly Cooper whatsoever, but sadly, uh, I think we're going to be getting more and more of her. Uh, she's coming across too much lately is a cross between Gwen Stacy and Deb Whitman now. Um, I did like the scene between Robbie and Jonah. I, I like it. I like it one reason because uh, Jonah, Jonah is, Robbie is probably other than maybe his wife, you know, who of course they, they foolishly divorced him, the writers have. But other than his wife, Robbie's the only person that Jonah feels comfortable letting him see his vulnerability. Uh, and I like that. You know, I like the fact that he trusts. There is one person in the world that he trusts enough to let him to let him see his indecisiveness and his, you know, and his humanity. Uh, and Robbie is that person. I didn't care for the hanging Chad joke because God, that joke is so old and so dated, <laughs> and it wasn't even that funny. You know, so. Uh, but uh, but overall, I mean, I I think Fred Van Lente is a good writer. I mean, I I like this. I like the, the setup. But I'll have some different things to say when we talk about 616. Okay. Uh, Zach, what do you think, buddy? Zach? Your, oh, your microphone is muted again, sir. Can you hear there me There we are. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed the artwork in this issue. It is so dickoish that uh, it was kind of a joy to, to look at. The story itself... Uh, it seems like okay because Spider-Man three had a da- Sandman had a daughter. We now have we now have to have a daughter for comic book Sandman. Mm-hmm. Um, the only problem I have with this issue is that this story, in terms of the Sandman doing all the all the different and various incarnations of himself, I felt it's already been done. It was done uh, by Sam Keith and um, oh, who's the uh, Who's the guy that wrote the uh, Winter Solstice story arc? Zeb Wells. Uh, they did the they did this arc that arc at the end of the Peter Parker Spider Man series, where you know he had his cinnamon side, his good side, his bad side. This just feels like an offshoot of that. So it felt like I kind of already seen this before. But other than that, uh, I, I give it a solid. I give it an A. I mean, I, there was nothing really wrong with. Although I do agree with Jr. The uh, Hanging Chad thing was 
was pretty bad. But um, you know, yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, the Daily Bugle, whoop de doo, it's it's dead. Yeah. Mate, rest in peace. Cool, Mr. Bailey. What do you think, sir? Did you already ask? Is are we on the next? We're on six fifteen. <laughs> See, I'm lost. Who, who haven't we hit up on this issue? I think it was just me. Yeah. It's me. Oh wow! I thought we. Uh, I'm all confused. I'm multitasking. Damn it! Sorry. <laughs> uh, I'd give it a B. Uh, I I I don't like the story as much as I like the previous issue. However, the artwork puts it over the top for me a little bit more. I love Spider-Man swinging around in jammies or whatever that little hat and 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 uh, legging uh, outfit he got from uh, She-Hulk in the '80s. Uh, I thought that was just really cute. Uh, just beautiful looking artwork. The, one of my favorite panels is where Spider-Man goes into the apartment and he sees all these uh, villains that he's fought over the years taped up to the wall. I just think that's awesome. I really don't care about uh, the the little girl. I really just don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it at all. But uh, it's because it's in the movies. Yeah, I I I, I get that. But uh, just I, let me ask about that really quick. Didn't he kind of have a daughter when he was in the Avengers? Not that I remember. I mean, I really don't ever remember him having a daughter. JR, do you? No, I don't. Yeah. The only time before the movie I remember Sandman having a daughter was Spider-Man Reign. Yeah. But Which was, of course, a future story that doesn't actually count in continuity, but still. One of my main problems with the book, and, and I had a problem with this last issue, is the stuff we've seen before. Uh, the problem with Sandman is he reminds me too much of Madrix from X-Factor, where he can create dupes and create uh, duplicates of himself. And I, if that's his main power, it's been done in X-Factor. But I guess that's just me nitpicking. Jer, I mean, uh, Kevin, I know you're an X-Factor fan. Did you think of yeah, uh, that was, uh, more, uh, Madrox? That was something I was going to mention uh, with the next issue. That In this first issue, when he just made multiple copies of himself, I thought that at first, and then thought, well, no, it's not really a ripoff because they're all under one mind. But then in the second issue, yeah. when his X Factor popped up, it's like, huh, well, that really is Jamie Madrix. Isn't yeah, it? that was my main complaint. Uh, B out of me. I, I just that artwork is beautiful. I mean, the cover is absolutely stunning. I just love that cover. All right, last issue we're going to tackle is number six fifteen. Uh, we're sixteen. Sixteen. <laughs> You know what the problem is? I went back to the website and I lost all my links to to talk about this. So six sixteen, uh, again Van Lenti and Puliodio, Puliodio, what do you say his name? Pulido. Wow, wow. <laughs> that that required two wows out of Stella for me. <laughs> <laughs> Stella, you go ahead. Six sixteen. What do you think? Ooh, um. Well, you know, the story got better, and I thought it became a pathos-evoking storyline. Um, I did feel bad, you know, when Kimia was taken by the social worker, and, you know, you sort of sort of heart-wrenching. You know, you look at Peter like, he actually tried to do a good thing, and this is what happened. Um, but I really did like the Carly and Peter moment at the end. I thought that was really good writing, and you can kind of see those two, that they would be sort of compliments to each other, and I think it could be a good relationship. You know, not my ideal one, cough, cough, but, um, you know. Uh, and my negative, I think it overall seems like a random reintegration of Sandman into Amazing Spider-Man, and um, nothing pointed to the fact that he's going to be joining the Romanovs and their crew or not, which I thought would be the point, you know, bringing all of these iconic villains back, but they're all going to 
fight under Craven's wife and daughter, but this didn't really point to that. So I don't know if in future issues maybe, but I think that was the only thing that sort of threw me off. But I would give this a B. Okay. Uh, Bailey, I know you hated ha- the, the social worker aspect of it. Look, if uh, if a kid's going to get taken away because she went out to play and her grandmother was watching television, <laughs> I think most of the kids in my generation would be in in the social worker in the in, the, in foster homes at this point. <laughs> that was complete and utter crap. Yeah. I freaking hated it. I liked the issue overall. I especially loved the art in this one. Spider Man looked so cool yeah. uh, through most of the issue, but I got to that scene and I hit the freaking roof. <laughs> I'm like. Okay, so she's not beating the child. She's not sticking the kid's hand in a in a pot of boiling water. No one, there's no sneaky uncle or grandpa in the house. No, she sent the child outside to play. So obviously, you know, she's an unfit mother. That's crap. <laughs> now I'm not an expert on this, but I've watched a lot of Law and Order special videos, <laughs> and I know that uh, that it takes more to get a kid taken out of the house than that. Yeah. That that's just that's sitcom BS pathos trying to make Spider-Man feel bad about himself. Yeah. <laughs> Fie, I say. What's your grade, sir? Uh, my grade was a C because of that. Yeah. Uh, Kev, what do you think? Was that bad writing? Uh, I'd give this one a C. Uh, it was a lot weaker than the last one. Uh, the only part of it I can remember liking was the Peter and Carly scene near the end. Um, much like Stella, if I have to have a relationship in the brand new day universe that's obviously not the one we all know and love, then Carly would be the one I would choose. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was done pretty well. But besides that, we had Sam Man turns into Multiple Man. Because uh, that's the thing with Multiple Man is the multiple personalities. Yeah. You know, it was uh, Peter David's done it a couple of times, uh, most notably in X-Factor number one, where there's this dupe that comes out of him that is, quote, the X-Factor. It's the personality that's uh, working against him, basically. And this is directly ripped off from that. So that bothered me. Um, I didn't like at the beginning um, when Spider-Man's convincing the little girl to let him out and then saying, oh, no, you can trust me, you can trust me, I'm a superhero and then just nonchalantly waves that off. Like, you're basically engendering this girl to never trust (laughs) people like superheroes or maybe even cops for the rest of her life. Um, And then I didn't like the social worker thing at the end. I mean, I'm okay with... Even if it's not... uh, Even if that is the way that it would go in real life, which I I agree with Bailey, I don't think it would. Um, I'm fine with Spider-Man losing once in a while. That's kind of part of Spider-Man. But I really don't like in my comic book to have this little girl's life basically turned to shit, uh, I'd rather not see that. So yeah. I didn't really like much about it at all. I, I give it a C, maybe even a C-. Yeah. Uh, JR, what's your grade, sir? Pro and con. Uh, I gave this a C. Um, I was I was pretty disappointed in the story, actually, uh, because I did not care for the fact that, you know, oh, it was the Sandman's multiple personality that was the killer. I did not like that at all. Yeah. Uh I'd hope they would go in a different direction than that. Uh, and, and like has been said before, I mean, the, the post multiple personality thing has been done before with Sandman. Um, so that really kind of, that, that really, you know, uh, fell like a lead weight there. Um, also, I really want to know, how does Spider-Man know that Sandman does not have baby-making parts? <laughs> I mean, has he checked? Did he, I mean... Uh, I mean, I, I, I can't imagine. I mean, I don't know. Uh, but it, I, well, how does Spider-Man know that, uh, for one? So, uh, 
Um, now this was this was a, pr- a pretty disappointing issue. Um, the thing is about the social work, I, I, I agree. I think that was just oversimplified, yeah. just to make a point. I mean, I've, I've, the thing is, I, I've kind of read the opposite stories where it absolutely takes more than an act of God even to get a child yeah. away from an abusive natural parent. Uh, you know, I've, I've read horror stories about how kids have been, you know, like uh, kids born in drug, to drug addiction have been given to people to care for and, you know, are with these people for years and they come to think of them as their parents and then all of a sudden the biological mother comes and says I'm cleaned up I want the I want the kid now and family service gives them to her so I've seen horror I you know I've I've got more experience reading about horror stories on the other side about how you know they can't seem to get kids away from bad biological parents yeah. but I agree this this was oversimplified to make a point so uh it you know, like I said, and, and uh, you know, oh boy, Peter and Carly are starting to, you know, to snoggle. Oh boy, big <laughs> uh, and, and I agree with Stella. I thought this was leading into the gauntlet type thing. I mean, so far, if this is the gauntlet, it's been pretty, uh, you know, I mean, I, I you know, I kind of thought like if we were seeing the gauntlet, we were going to be seeing Spider-Man just like being pushed and pushed, you know, to his limit. And then the Kravenovs would come in while they think he's down. But I don't really see that happening right now. So. Anyway, see out of you, Zach. What do you give it, sir? This issue uh, got a gets a B from me. Uh, I really I like this art, the art this issue better than I did the last. So I uh, I <laughs> I, uh, I really enjoyed it, and um, I I agree with Bailey that the social worker thing was kind of did put me off a little bit because <laughs> it's like I don't know. I, it seems like, yeah. I don't know. I think I think Bailey explained it better. But uh, to to answer Jr.'s question about the uh, Tic Tacs and the uh, baby making parts, <laughs> I would I would think that uh, Jr. that that uh, if Spider Man was that desperate, he would go for that for that air, that neither region. So you know, if it didn't really affect him. Yeah, but when you can turn your nether regions to sand, I mean, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's chafing, chafing. I, I, you know, I mean, I mean, if if, if but then, you know, I mean, but then you know, can Electro have kids, or can Electro even have sex, or does like every time he gets excited, no, he, he it, a lightning bolt shoots no, he, out or something? He has I mean, a lot of sparks with girls. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah. that was cheesy. Oh, hey, uh, what, what's your grade? B. B wah, wah, wah. Epic fail. <laughs> B out of Zach. <laughs> okay. yeah. I give it a I give it a C. The Madrox thing just bugged me. The multiple personalities bugged me. Artwork was absolutely beautiful. I don't the the con is I don't think Spider Man tricks little kids. That right off the top just bad taste in my mouth. It was it was sandy, gritty, didn't like it. Uh I mean Spider Man just is too nice a guy to trick a little girl like that. I mean, Jr. Did, did you agree with that? Well, wait, wait. This is brand new Spider-Man. Come he on, doesn't man. trick little kids. I mean, come on. I just that just did that just seemed out of character for me. I mean, he would have found some other way to break free of the sand than tricking a little kid, tricking an innocent. And I don't see him doing that. That just felt very out of character. Uh, let's see. The pro, the Carly Cooper thing. I like how she referenced how her dad was a cop and he had to make the tough calls to be a hero, and I thought that was the best scene of the whole damn thing. That makes her more like, oh, I don't know, Gwen Stacy. <laughs> Again, stuff we've seen before. We're we're all just too old, gang. 
We've seen this stuff before. The, eh. new, the new kids, uh, this is fresh and new, right, Jr. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I'm sure it is. That, but, that, but then again, I don't think any new kids are reading. I don't. It's just us old guys. Yeah. So. Let's face it, though. If they wanted a character like this in the book, wouldn't you rather have it be something like Carly Cooper than resurrecting Gwen Stacy? Because I think that would be alternative. Yeah, I think. So. Yeah, I agree. The the other thing. Word up. We're, <laughs> that was Bailey's impression of Stella. Um, the thing is, I oh god, I think <laughs> they're they're definitely going for the movie because uh, the movie Sandman look because you saw him floating through the air. I, with the exception of Spider Man Three, I've never seen him float through the air like that. Have you guys before? I uh, Jr. Have you? I don't know. <laughs> to be honest, I don't remember. I don't remember either. <laughs> All right. Hey, can you add Stella back in oh, because she's not did there? Did we lose her? Okay. Yep. Okay. And we've been sitting there saying, Brad, guy. No, we're paid. we're telling you to add her in because we think it's funny. <laughs> Stella, you there? Yes. Okay. Sir. All right. We filled in for you, Stella. So. Thank you. Oh, I'm glad someone's got my. I apologize. I'm I'm multitasking. I got like 15 windows open, ready to tackle the next topic. You need to put that Muppet one down. So. <laughs> wow. This is why we want to sell Wow. It's time to start the music. Get the- it's time hey, to lube a prize. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, hey, Brad, at least it's not you. At least it's not me this time. It's, it's all good. It's all good. All right, let's get. Well, let's do one more topic before we hit the recommendations. Wait, looking at Muppet porn, Zach? <laughs> no, making fun of Brad, her making fun of Brad. I can take the shots. I can take them. I'm ready. All right. Before we hit recommendations, we're going to tackle one more topic. We're uh, over the a couple days before the new year. Marvel released puzzle pieces of a tease of what's coming up in Spider-Man for 2010, and they finally put all the pieces together. Looks like uh, we've got the image up on the crawlspace front page. You probably have to go back a couple days to see it, though. But we've basically got a uh, Iron Spider-Man black costume, Madam Web, up in the left. We've got a baby with green eyes and tentacles touching it or something like that. We've got Spider-Man stretching out for Mary Jane in a wedding dress. Uh, the Juggernaut looks beat up. Uh, Cra- Lady Cravenaugh, Cravenaugh has a Spider-Man suit in her hand. Carly Cooper is making out with Peter Parker, and the the lizard is drooling. That's kind of gross. Uh, what do you think of this preview image, Mr. Bailey? I, uh, I'm getting kind of sick of preview images, mm-hmm. uh, frankly, because I, I know that they have to push their product. Yeah. I know this is a business, but it seems like they release these preview images. It gets, it gets fandom in a tizzy. Yeah. Everyone runs to the message boards and the blogs and such and writes about it. And then they'll complain, why are these fans, you know, speculating about stuff before it happens and saying it's going to suck? <laughs> I mean, you can't have it both ways. You know, I look at this and I look at her, you know, Mary Jane in the wedding dress and I'm like, either she's getting married to somebody else or like you said when we were talking the other night that, you know, they're going to retread, you know, the, the wedding to show what really happened. And, you know, it's just like, wow, meh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, I just can't get worked up about it anymore. Uh, Zach, when you saw this image, what'd you think? Ooh. <laughs> ah. <laughs> No, this, okay, first of all, they've only been, this is, this is just, as the immortal George Brayman would put it, this is just another carrot. Yeah. 
that they're that they're using stick, a carrot on a stick. Uh, if they I'll, after the gauntlet, if we actually get that story, woohoo! We all know what really happened. As much as Joe Casada wants to say it didn't happen and be like la 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 la, no, it, it really did happen. Do we okay. want to see what really happened? I, I I'm no. good. I, no, I want I want I want an explanation for the damn. Um, blind spot because that's the stupidest idea. I don't. I, I've ever. I don't seen. want a retread of the wedding. We've already seen. It. I want them to get rid of the deal with the devil, and maybe make them single or something. Just get rid of the deal. Don't make the the villain win. Basically, what I'm saying, I guess. Stella, when you saw the image, what'd you think? Um, well, actually, my first thought was, wow, they're getting better. Um, you know, I, I know you hate DC, but sometimes they have really good um, images like this. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I'm like one of two people that's actually read the entire the entirety of 50, we know, of Countdown. Mm-hmm. But the um, images that came out for Countdown, I thought were really, were really cool. And you sort of never knew what was going on. So I thought this was, this was better, you know, they're getting better. But uh, I really like Peter and MJ reaching for each other, but I sort of hate the implication of what it means. And um, yeah, I guess we'll we'll see what happens. Jr., what what do you think? I don't think much about it. I mean, Marvel has just burned me out on all their, you know, all their foreshadowing and their, you know, teases and their, oh, this is the age of Marvel Comics or this is the year of Spider-Man or this is that. No, I don't care anymore. I'm burned out. I, you know, no, nothing they show interests me. Um, I'll just read the damn stories. <laughs> you know, that, that's all. Just give me the damn stories, and if they're any good, okay, fine. Do but, you have uh, any you know. interest in seeing what the current crop of writers, what happened to him on his wedding day? Do you have any interest Not in that? Not really. Yeah. No, no, I really don't. Yeah. At, at first, I thought I did because, you know, like being this continuity freak, you know, uh, you know, like to put all the pieces together and uh, want to see how everything played out. Yeah. But the thing is, the pieces aren't going to fit. I mean, no matter what happens, because this whole thing with Mephisto and, and stuff was a it was a total crock. I mean, basically, it was a reboot. The pieces aren't going to fit no matter how hard we try. I almost would just as soon ignore it. Mm-hmm. I, I just really don't want to go back. And I do agree, though, the psychic blind spot's stupid because the whole idea of, like, the character's secret identity is that you always have to play these games to keep your secret identity secret. You know, and if everybody's got this psychic blind spot, <laughs> you know, then what's the point? Um, so that, that's a pretty dumb idea. But, no, I, I, I don't care to go back and see the, the, wedding, that, uh, the wedding that didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, Kev, what do you think, sir? Um, I appreciate a good preview image, and I think there's some good stuff going on here. I'm interested to see who is in the Iron Spider suit, who's in the Black Spider-Man suit. Uh, I'm hoping it's not just that MVP character from uh, Avengers Initiative in the Iron Spider suit. And the only person I can think of for the Black Spider-Man would be Matt Gargan Venom. He's been that in uh, the Dark Avengers, but if they're going to have him in a role with the other Spider-Characters, that could be very interesting. Yeah. But I feel like that's not him. Um, I don't know who it would be, though. So, we'll see. Uh, Ben Riley. Green Green Eyed Baby with uh, the Doc Ock's tentacles surrounding. I don't know what to think. All I know is, of all the revamps they've done of villains, the Doc Ock one was the one that I just could not stand. So, the less of Doc Ock, the better for me. Um, Then we have Carly kissing... Peter, which I think is hilarious that everybody on the message boards initially thought was Mary Jane, um, but the glasses clearly give away that it's Carly. And again, if I'm going to have a relationship in this brand new day universe, that's the one I go for, so I'm interested. Lizard, I've never cared for. I'm curious why he's got such a prominent 
spot on this uh, teaser since we haven't really heard a whole lot about him. Um, Anna Craven holding the spider suit, don't care. Uh, Spider-Man it's and Juggernaut knocked out, don't care. Um, Spider-Man and Mary Jane reaching for each other with Mary Jane in a wedding dress. I think it's just hysterical that people are thinking that this means one more day is going to be overturned when Joe Quesada and Steve Wacker have both said many times recently that that story of what happened on their wedding day will finally be coming out around June of 2010. So clearly that's what this is. What happened, yeah. And the thing is, we were all clamoring for it. We were all demanding to know what happened and telling them how ridiculous it was that they hadn't told us yet. But they've waited until two and a half years after the fact, and that's two and a half years with three issues a month coming out. So that's Kevin, a lot Kevin, of it. They've waited to the current, point where we don't give a crap. Yeah. And that's I really don't. comic book storytelling, though, is that you tease something and then two years later you pay it off because you have 15 other stories to tell. That's just how it works these days, unfortunately. Yeah, well, I know you're kind of burnt out and cynical on that kind of modern comic book storytelling, but what doesn't usually happen is that you wait two and a half years with 36 issues per year coming out. That's a lot more issues than a lot of other That's 108 years. issues in three years. Basic thing. Wow. The most basic thing about what exactly just happened. I mean, we still, we're still not even being teased with the story of, uh, you know, who helped him with the whole mind wipe and the psychic blind spot and everything. There's not even a teaser for that story being told. Yeah. And that is, I think, the most basic thing that could possibly be needed to be told to understand this continuity. Two and a half years later, 36 issues a year, not even a teaser for that. Yeah. That's my problem. The last time uh, Marvel put out a teaser was back, I think, 06 or 07. I sent you guys a link in the Skype chat. Uh, it says yeah. only one person in the Marvel Universe can save Spider-Man, but what, what cost do we have? Uh, what the hell is that guy's name from Straczynski's run? The old man. Ezekiel. Ezekiel, Iron Man, Super Scroll, Loki, Daredevil. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Valkyrie. Valkyrie, Venom, Scarlet Witch, and Gwen Stacy. Did we answer this question ever? No. The answer was Mephisto, and that's why this, this teaser was so um, misleading. But the thing is, and that's, this is another thing where in this modern comic book culture, you have to pay attention to things like interviews to know what's going on, because yeah. I remember many interviews at the time saying that uh, the answer might not even be on this teaser. Then what the hell's <laughs> the teaser for? Uh, just to get you whipped up. Well, we're still talking about three years later, I guess. Screw, screw you, Marvel. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess basically we will we'll buy it because we do a podcast, but <laughs> we'll we'll review it when we get to it. So, uh, recommendations for the month. Let's wrap this show up. We've got. Uh, let's go with Zach. What's your recommendations for the month, buddy? Uh, Clone Saga, the miniseries mm-hmm. number uh, number four. Excellent. If you want to see something that never, ever, ever, ever happened during the Clone Saga, pick up number four. Um, I would also recommend Clone Saga Chronicles, the podcast, uh, with me and Bertoni, the asshole that did the uh, Spire Jeopardy last month. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> um, which, for the record, I actually did know the Thought Bubble question, but that's only because mm, I... Oh, Monday morning quarterback, shut up. Well, hey, hey, the only reason I, hey, and I want the only reason I knew that was because it was in Bertoni's article, uh, on, uh, Finding Gwen. That's the only reason I knew that. I don't but, appreciate uh, shots to my hoo-ha like that. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Wow. Oh, gosh. Wow. Wow. Oh, gosh. My other... <laughs> oh, wow. My other recommendation is um, whenever Kevin gets around to hosting it, uh, Spider-Man <laughs> Spider- <laughs> Spider- <laughs> Space. Uh, he, uh, he, he's almost done with number eight, and I'm eagerly anticipating it. And I know I'm going to recommend it next month, but I'm going to give you a little plug there for you, Kevin. <laughs> Thank you, man. I appreciate the... Uh... The pre-confidence there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I'm also going to recommend uh, well, Spider-Man Web of Shadows. It was, it's, it's been a very fun ride. If you don't already have it already, if you've got a, a next-generation console, uh, PS3 or Xbox 360, uh, get it. And Modern Warfare 2, absolutely. If you pl- I thought the campaign was good. I played it online, and it's very addicting. Mm. Cool. JR, what do you recommend this month, sir? Uh, the, uh, I happened to, uh, see a movie, uh, No Country for Old Men. Oh, isn't that good? Uh, it's been out, it's been out for a long time, uh, obviously, but this was the first time I got around to seeing it. Um, it's short of the ending. The ending was kind of abrupt, yeah. but uh, in that case, I, I didn't quite mind it because I think I know what they, know what they were going for. But uh, the, the ending would, would definitely put off a lot of people. But uh, but I, I definitely liked I, I really did like it particularly uh, obviously you know everybody else like Javier Bardem as the as the assassin I mean it just just utterly creepy this guy comes up and you know asks you to call it call it you know like you know he's he's telling this at a guy behind the counter and you know that the guy behind the counter is basically calling heads or tails for his life but he doesn't know it <laughs> and uh, that's just a really creepy scene and uh, he's a really creepy character uh and it's and it's a really i i think it's a really good movie um and i like tommy lee jones in it because he 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 plays a, you think that there's going to be this big confrontation between him and the assassin and there almost is but then there isn't and then tommy and then jones's character goes off in a direction that you wouldn't expect for a tommy lee jones character um so i uh, i uh, i would definitely recommend no country for old men cool kevin what do you recommend sir uh, I got three things this uh, month that I've. Uh, oh, sorry, yeah. Jared, did you have some more? I'm sorry. No, actually, that was my daughter telling me that was on TV right oh. now. In fact. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> okay, go ahead, Kev. Uh, yeah, just three things I've discovered recently. Um, first off, would be Jeff Johns' original Flash run, uh, which was just a couple of years ago. It's collected in eight trade paperbacks, though I would advise you probably look at the single issues because uh, they've let the middle section of the trades go way out of print for some reason. The beginning and end are still in print, but not the middle. Um, just for one trade called Blitz, I paid $50 for it. And uh, that was the, by far the cheapest I saw it for. He was usually going for like 90 But here's the thing, and I would not say this about most trades, it was worth $50. Bucks. Whoa. Um, it was absolutely worth it. I mean, Jeff Johns did some of his best work here. And the thing that really gets me jazzed for his return to the Flash next year, even though it's going to be a different Flash. It's going to be Barry Allen instead of Wally West. It's the same villains. And Jeff John's work with Flash's rogues was incredible. And he said before, these are his favorite group of villains in comics, and you can freaking tell. Um, So seeing that ongoing story is going to be great. I recommend going back and reading that. But the the story Blitz itself, if you can find that, it's just a four-part story. I think it's in... Jeff John's top three comic books he's ever written. Uh, it was the origin of a new villain called Zoom, which is a terrible name, I think, but it was his motivations were so great, he would have to be 
uh, in my top five favorite comic book villains of all time. And just read the story. It's that good. And then pick up Jeff John's Flash Run next year, because I bet it's going to be great, too. Uh, the second thing is Chuck, TV show Chuck. Um, I had never watched that show before, because I remember back when it came on, it was before I had a DVR, and it was playing a time slot against something else, so I just couldn't watch it. But the uh, the promos for the new season that are started starting today, actually, were really good. So I went back, and I've gotten through the first season. I'm partway through the second, and it is one of the best shows of the past ten years, probably. Wow, um, really? I think the best yeah. way to describe it, very literally, it is two parts alias to one part office space. <laughs> <laughs> and if that doesn't sound good to you, then I, we just can't see eye to eye on fiction. <laughs> it's just a really, really fun show. It's a really good time. Uh, it's, you know, action-packed, it's got great comedy, uh, even a little bit of drama here and there, but, you know, mostly they keep it light, it's just great. Uh, yeah. One of my new favorites. Kevin, and, I'm going to have to agree with you on that one. Yeah, um, and the, I just heard about a lot of people liking it, but it's it's every bit as good as they say it is. And, and the blonde's hot. <laughs> the blonde Indeed. is about, they definitely cast about the most attractive woman they possibly could for yeah. that show, so, um... And the third thing, my final recommendation would be that girl to Oracle, the Barbara Gordon podcast, picked up recently. It comes in, uh, I think there are two episodes out right now. Uh, comes in very nice, punchy little half an hour segments. Uh, very different from the Girl Space podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's really good to just be able to get that that morsel, you know, once a month or every couple of weeks, however Stella feels like doing it. Obviously, it stars. Our very own uh, Spider Girl, aka Stella, and she does a great job with uh, reviewing the issues, the old stuff and the new stuff, keeping it uh, very informative. It's mostly stuff that I didn't know about, especially the old stuff. But she also keeps it entertaining. Um, the the ads at the beginning, if you haven't listened to this, the ads at the beginning are my favorite part of the whole thing. Um, <laughs> but she keeps it she keeps it light too, um, and especially the small, the half an hour increments. Make it so it's not just overwhelming with all this, you know, new information, reviews of the old issues. So I think it's been done perfectly, and I can't wait to hear the rest of the episodes. Okay. Speaking of the wonderful podcaster, Stella, what do you think, Stella? What's your recommendations? Uh, well, thank you, Kevin, first of all. Um, for my literature recommendation, um, I'm sure I'll be recommending this a second time, but The Lovely Bones by Alice Siebold. Um, the movie's coming out this Friday. I'm really excited about it. Uh, it's basically, in the first chapter, a 14-year-old um, gets killed, and then she's sort of stuck in the in-between, uh, between Earth and Heaven, and she sort of narrates, um, you know, her family's life, how they go on, you know, her her murderer and, and everything, and it's, uh, it's really, it's a touching story, it really grabs you, it's sort of grotesque in some moments, and it was, it was really overall good, and I, especially, I recommend that, so, and... I think, oh, you know, I do recommend snowboarding. Mm-hmm. I, I do, however, um, caution you to go with someone who knows what they're doing so you don't, because um, it's really hard to do it by yourself unless you're with someone. But it's really fun, sometimes dangerous, but I recommend it to anyone, to, you know, give it a try. Sweet. So those are my things. Yep. Okay, Mr. Bailey, what do you recommend, sir? I think Lego Batman is coming. Yes, Um my wife and I, as, as Brad pointed out, got a Wii for Christmas, which has been nothing short of, of awesome. So I recommend the gaming system in and of itself. Especially last night, I bought some Wii points and downloaded ah. 
Punch-Out! and Super Mario Brothers, and I was using my brand-new state-of-the-art Nintendo gaming system to play something from the NES, <laughs> which is awesome. And um, But we uh, we got as a gift with it a uh, copy of uh, Lego Batman. Now, I know this game's been out for a while, and I am not usually much of a video gamer, but this game is an absolute freaking blast. <laughs> it... Uh, you, you you can play as Batman and Robin. You go through and you have basically three missions to complete with different sub-levels. But then you go and play it as the villains as well. And the neat thing about the villains one is you're actually setting everything up for the stuff you do as Batman and Robin. Mm. And through that, you get studs and you can unlock other characters. So my wife and I at one point, she played as Batgirl. And I played as the Joker from Killing Joke, and then I shot her several times. <laughs> oh my it's gosh. a lot of fun. <laughs> oh my no, but it's a lot of fun. Right now we're going into, we, we've beaten all the hero and, and, and villain missions, so now we're going and trying to collect all the canisters and, and do everything for the game. And it's just, one, it's, it's nice that my wife and I can actually sit there and play a game together, though she believes that Robin in this game is functionally retarded. <laughs> um, but it, but it's very much the, the comic book uh, versions of the of the characters and all the information they give. This is where I found out that the Batman the animated series looking Clayface that is running around the DC universe right now is actually Basil Carlo, who was the first Clayface. I thought that was kind of kind of cool, and it's just a lot of fun. The music is from the 1989 Batman film. Yeah, nice. So which I am extremely familiar with, and I realize that every time we play the game when I'm recognizing all of the musical cues. <laughs> so uh, a lot of fun. I, you know, if you haven't played it yet, I, I heartily recommend it, especially since you can, you know, shoot back. <laughs> Stella, you should pick Oh my! You should pick that up. Stella, it's a, Stella, you should pick that up. It's only like 20 <laughs> bucks on PS3 these days. I've seen it real cheap. I actually, I uh, did the the, uh, the demo. Yeah. And, whoa. <laughs> and <laughs> that, hello, me, hello, sir. Boo, <laughs> Michael Bailey's dog. I, I for some reason, I was actually getting really annoyed because I knew you had to do something with this acid, but I kept dying in said acid. And uh, sure, you're playing Lego Batman. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was playing Lego Batman. <laughs> anyway, what's a fat one? Uh, <laughs> any other recommendations, Mr. Bailey? Um, let's see. What would I recommend? I recommend, I, I, you know, I was going to recommend it, but Kevin beat me to it. Uh, yeah, Batgirl uh, to Oracle, the Barbara Gordon podcast. Very enjoyable. Uh, I think Stella has done better as a solo podcaster coming right out of the gate than just about any other show I've ever heard. So it was, uh, it was an, it's an extremely enjoyable show, and uh, I, I think she's doing a great job. I would it. concur. This show that we're on right now was really rough in the beginning. Remember that, Kevin and uh, Zach? Oh, yeah. <laughs> or I sounded like I was in a tunnel. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, she's definitely uh, gotten a lot farther in just two episodes than we no did. Doubt. We, were driving, we well, were driving a Pinto right out of the, 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 of the lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. There's there's one thing that you can't you can say. Stella... Did a lot of research before she started the show. She really asked, she asked a lot of questions to a lot of people, and she wanted to get it right from the start. Whereas we were just learning. Yeah. I think that's I think I think Stella has the difference between Stella and us is that Stella has a lot of people she can go to yeah. for advice, and uh, she's taking all that to heart. She's done a really great job, and uh, I, I 
I figured that somebody was going to recommend it, otherwise I would recommend it myself. <laughs> uh, Stella, you did a, you've done a great job so far. Thank you. All right, my recommendations. i got seven of them. You ready? Ooh. Holy crap. Uh, <laughs> DVD, comic, TV show, action figure, Facebook, and video game. I better have that one. Dexter, I've recommended this before, but season four just wrapped up. One of my favorite shows on television now. We went back and bought uh, seasons one and one to three. We just completed Dexter season one. Loved it. We're on season two now. Loving it even more. Oh, hell yeah. You can yeah. pick up uh, I, I second season one to three for about 50 bucks if you go to Amazon.com. Very great show. I love that show. Uh, comic book, Spider-Man Secret Wars. I thought that was – I love Secret Wars. I'm a kid of the 80s, and I'm glad I, that the book is better than I thought it would be. Uh, I'm slightly turned off by the cartoony art. I wish they would have gone with someone in a similar style to Mike Zeck and Bob Layton. But you know what? I, I just love all Secret Wars things. So I'm, I'm happy that this miniseries... I've read the first issue, and I read George's review on the front page, and he uh, also liked it, too. TV show, uh, Men of a Certain Age, with uh, Scott Bakula from Quantum Leap and Star Trek Enterprise, and Ray Romano and Andre Brower. Great show on TNT. Uh, I didn't really care for Everybody Loves Raymond, but I Everybody Loves Men of a Certain Age. I, I really dig that show. It's really well-written, well-acted, and I think there's like five episodes out right now, so you can pick that up. Uh, an action figure that I highly recommend is Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends. You can buy a three-pack. It's a Toys R Us exclusive. You can get Spider-Man, Iceman, and Firestar. If you're a kid of the 80s like me, pick that action figure up because you didn't get one back in the 80s. When, no doubt. When we wanted them. I, I saw this on the shelf, and I'm like, you know what? I hate the three-and-a-half-inch figures, but I have to have this set. I've always wanted Spider-Man and his amazing friends as action figures. So it's cut, they're disappearing from shelves. So look at your local distress. I, I, I saw that, yeah. and uh, I immediately bought it. <laughs> <laughs> I bought it right away, dude. I, it, it was expensive, too, for these little bitty figures. Oh, it was like 20, That's why 24 bucks for three tiny little figures. But you know what? Pick it up if you love Amazing Friends. And I, I remember in the early 90s and when I was buying the the Spider-Man M8 series toys, uh-huh. and you could spend cent, six bucks yeah. on on those action figures. And now ten, the little three, they're ten dollars yeah. now. And it's like, yeah. really? They're nuts. Video game. I'm also recommending a Wii video game, Super Mario Brothers Wii. If you had an NES, like Mr. Bailey and I did, you love Super Mario Brothers. This is Super Mario Brothers with a kick in the pants. Uh, it's great graphics. It's a side-scroller. They don't make side-scrollers anymore, but uh, they, this one is just top of the line. It's about 50 bucks. Well worth it. You and your wife or your girlfriend or your buddy or your brother or your sister or your crazy cousin Zach... Uh, can it <laughs> can come over. You can have four players on the screen at once. You have to have four Wii remotes. But a uh, very, very fun game. I mean, I had a blast doing this thing. Uh, last recommendation is for the Crawl Space Facebook page. I go to all these websites. I see that uh, Superhero Hype has 10,000 fans. I see uh, all these other sites have 10,000 fans. The Crawl Space has 244 fans. <laughs> So, uh, you know what? We beat Superhero Hype to the web back in 98. So why do they have 10,000 and we have 244? Get your brother, get your crazy cousin Zach to sign up. 
<laughs> and become a fan of the Crawl Space on Facebook. Every day, but, once I add content to the front page or uh, someone else adds content, I instantly put it up on the Facebook fan page, and you can see it on your phone, etc. And it will kick you back to the site. So let's break 300 by the time from we, we record this show to the next month. Think we can do it, gang? I think, I think we can. All right. That, we can do we it. We can do it. We can do it all night. <laughs> On that note, I'm going to hit stop because I don't want to hear Zach doing it all night. <laughs> all night long, all night long. Jumbo, jumbo. Yeah, that that random part in the middle of the song is always broken. <laughs> oh my god! All right, stop. Okay, we'll wrap up the first show right about there. Now, you can tell we're losing it when we start to sing Lionel Richie. But thank goodness we stopped, or I hit stop on the thing. Now, before we go, I want to spotlight one more Spider comic from MailOrderComics.com. They have Spider-Man and the Secret Wars number 4. The cover price is $2.99. Mail Order Comics has it for $1.49, which is 50% off the cover price. So check them out at MailOrderComics.com. Now, we have one more hour of this month that I'll post and edit and upload in just a few days. We'll answer your message board questions. And as always, I appreciate you guys listening and visiting the SpidermanCrawlspace.com. I'm your host and webmaster, Brad Douglas.